0: Five, four, three. It mm-hmm. was merely a two word review, it just a shit sandwich.
1: I just don't like Amazing, all right.
0: Welcome back, fellow music nerd. You are now tuning into yet another exciting adventure with us here on Discologist. I'm your host, Kevin, As Usual, coming to you live-ish from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Power the internet, kids. It's a podcast. You know all about it. Uh, got a nice little podcast for you today. We, uh, we talked about Springsteen earlier this week, the big guy, the boss, and now we're going to focus in on a, uh, a smaller artist. An artist that we don't actually know who it is. I'm talking about Rose City Band. This is an album uh, that just came out a couple weeks ago. It is produced by one Ripley Johnson of Moon Duo and Wooden Ships. And that, besides the fact that it kind of jams, is all we know them. It's a unicorn in the world of music criticism. The only thing we have to go by at this point is our ears. To discuss it, I invited my friend Jonathan Hart. He runs the uh, Broke Down Pod over there on Osiris Podcast Network. Talking about the Grateful Dead and adjacent stuff all day long. And uh, And we just got together and, and talked about some sweet jams. And the uh, and what is possibly the soundtrack of the summer? It's definitely his. Uh, if you haven't heard of these guys, I'm going to get you acclimated to them. This is the second track off of, of the album. This is a wide roll off a of Rose City band's debut album. Oh. a little bit of wide roll off of rose city bands uh, debut their only album i don't even know if it's a band uh, it's pretty rad to join me right now jonathan hart from broke down pod how you doing sir i'm doing great thank you for having me back yeah man this is uh, you know i was trying to figure out how to get in touch how to talk with you about music again because it's fun and this was it like i yeah. think this was an album that's bringing people together but uh before before I, I let you like off the leash here to go on <laughs> about this album i i got to know who's in the fucking band man i mean this is like made up of a guy who's in like uh, moon duo and wooden ships ripley johnson but it, he, who else is in the fucking band like i'm i'm at a loss well the uh, the press release
1: that i got when i first got hip to this record mm-hmm. listed that it was an anonymous band uh I don't know if okay. that's if that's BS or if they really are just some players that Ripley produced their record, but or if it's just him, or right. I have no idea. It you can definitely hear his uh, some of his sound, but it's not a Moon Duo record. It's not a Wooden Ships record. It's right. uh, it's this folk rock uh, acid casualty uh, private press sounding thing that. You know, it could have come from almost any time, but it does. It does still have his like his Ripley's fingerprints on it. At times, the drums sound like the drums in Moon Duo, and some of the 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 fuzz, which is a little lighter than you might hear on Wooden Ships or Moon Duo. Just it's similar tone, but they're steel guitars. They're
0: steel guitars. It's it's an interesting like anytime anybody says they're pushing for that Laurel Canyon sound, I'm pretty particular about that, and uh, because it's something done. I love very deeply. So we just talked about Springsteen's album, where he's talking about the West, and like he doesn't get it there. Uh, this gets more in line with it, and it's been kind of wild to watch how. cuz I, I literally just first saw this, um, Dan from um, NYC Taper just posted something about it, and I was like, oh, I'll check that out. Like Dan's got good taste. Yeah. Um. And and uh. And then I was like, oh yeah, this is it's it's kind of jammy kind of indie it's kind of uh, you know it has a lot to do with um, Galaxy 500 and Luna maybe Velvet
1: Underground those are good touch points
0: yeah yeah but you know if it's an anonymous band like I don't even it's sort of hard to like parse this thing other than like hey this is just like enjoyable it's pleasant as fuck
1: it really is this is uh, this is my summer jam record which probably says a lot about me (laughs) more than about the record, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, it's the psychedelic edged folk music. It's got great melodic hooks, just enough vibes to make you want to take a long winding drive to nowhere in particular. You know, you mentioned the Laurel Canyon sound, but it, it reminds me of those, uh, records uh, like, what a guy put out one record on Geffen's first imprint or something (laughs) that, you know, it has a handful of players whose names you recognize. His name is completely anonymous um, and not anonymous, but otherwise unknown. It sounds like that kind of record, like somebody who hung out in Laurel Canyon once um, and then had some cash to pay some session players. Um, It, but it presses all of my buttons. You got psych, you got folk, you got Chugle. You got quality guitar solos. Um, so a couple of the songs stretch out a little bit. Um, you know, it. It. I was, I was at my neighbor's house, mm-hmm. and we were bottling some beer, and I brought the record over, and I put it on. I said, you're going to love this. And he absolutely d- did love this. He's an old hippie, yeah. great record collection. He knows exactly the kinds of things that I was just describing. He would be, yeah, give me that. So I put that record on, and... You know, we're filling bottles up. And he's like, man, this is just – this sounds so familiar. I said, yeah, but you never heard it. He said, when did it come out? I said, three weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he was was a little floored. He did say something that I thought was insightful, which is that it sounds a little bit like woods, which is a pretty good catch, I think. Uh,
0: Yeah, woods – I mean, it sounds a little bit like wooden ships, too. I mean, it's – it's this weird thing. So when we think about producers, so let, let's just run with the theory that Ripley is the band. Sure. Right. Maybe he got some people to play on it, but really he's the band. When we think about producers, we often think about that in the, in the context of dance music, right? And anybody can be a producer. And then it's all up on SoundCloud. Uh, and it, I haven't, I can't recall... Like anybody doing something like this, this weird, like anonymous project that has the sound of a full band, a band that I would like to like buy the T-shirt of that I want to see. But I don't even know if I can because I don't know if this is all on on his like hard drive. And that's the only place it exists. If you if you think about so like the podcast that I produced, Dead to Me, uh, Casey Ray does all that music. right? Right. And we get so many questions about who does the music, who does the music. And it's like it's really that easy. You can do that. But I, I can't recall anything recently um, if, uh, in this vein that wasn't like dance, R&B, something like that, hip hop, uh, where it, it is going for that like expansive, like you said, psychedelic chugle sound. Uh, and, and it's kind of blown my mind. I, I've got an example
1: that's not really a psychedelic thing, but it's not at all a dance thing that might might be worth looking into. Um uh, Okay. Is is this uh, record on Warhen Records, which is a small Virginia label. They've got some great stuff. Yeah, Warren. Yeah, exactly. Um, This uh, record is called Beltway Recording Company. Outer Mm -hmm. Sounds from the Inner Loop. You know this one? I have it. Yeah. I have it. Good good pickup. You know, that's a good example because it's purported to be uh, the archive of an old label from the Washington, D.C. area, but it's not. It's one guy. Um, His name escapes me right now. But it's not important because it's not even on the record. Uh, but highly recommend people check that out. That's this kind of thing where somebody's gone and just gone to achieve a sound and is not worried about the personal
0: yeah. element. I mean, is it more like the the Iron and Wine type of thing? Everybody had to like have a name, you know, for a weird name for your project, or is it, or is it just the anonymity that uh, this provides for him? Because uh, I think you said to me, like he's, you know, Ripley's a busy guy. Yeah, he's got a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot of projects going on. This is the first album out on him and I believe his wife's label. Um, and, uh, you know, if you, in the modern music era, if you're going to – it almost, like, flies in the face of any marketing strategy. Like, I can't find anything about it. I'm sure I could figure out how to, but, like, just the surface thing, I can't find anything about it except that it exists. So therefore, there's no real, there's no marketing for me to read. There's no, there's a few reviews of it up. There's, uh, I I really just have to like trust my ears and be like, is this good or is this not? Like just free of all this context. There's no interviews. No. No tapes. Like no tapes.
1: (laughs) They sent out, uh, there's a press release that I got when I first heard of the record. And it's basically like Ripley produced this record. He got some players. And that's all you got. Um, there's no. There's a couple band recommendations. You know, play this track or play this track. You might like it if you like these things. You know, I shot him an email. It's like I would love to talk to anybody about this. Yeah, crickets. Yeah, you know? yeah. crickets. They're, crickets. They're not. They're They're not pushing the record so much as they're just putting it out there and letting it speak for itself.
0: Which yeah, and it does quite well. And it, it does. I think one of the, the- couple tracks we're going to feature right now today it, it does very much on uh this track me and Willie." that Man. is uh yeah we'll talk about jam bands a little in a little bit but this is to my mind even though it is it's droney but it's also like what modern jam band music a lot of it has become um but more of that like in the middle of the jam like it was, it was really cooking and then all of a sudden it just hits and you're like, oh, it's time to chill.
1: Yeah, this but, is that uh, space that you want to live. You get into the middle of yes. the jam and you're like, oh, this is great. Hang in here. And then a minute later, your ADHD jam band is already on to something else. But yeah. here, they hang on this for about seven minutes.
0: Yeah, man. So this is a little bit of me. Related.
1: A great word. Uh, as we were listening to this, I think we caught a, a valid point: is that this definitely touches some Grateful Dead notes, uh, maybe a little Warf Uh It's a, it's a beautiful track. Uh, I see the title "Me and Willie," and I and I want to hear like a uh, a country shuffle, but I I wouldn't argue with what we got.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. It's um to me that song is is a song made by uh, fanboys. <laughs> <laughs> um, like we were saying You know you, you you find that part In the jam Where you can just Sort of sit And uh, Like as a guitar player Like you don't want To leave that That part That place Because you sound cool You know If I'm playing that With my buddy Andre In a basement somewhere We're going to do it For like half an hour Because it's like wow, This is cool This feels good man And I, I mean In a way I think that's it's Kind of audacious They just put that On the record
1: <laughs> Yeah it's terrific to me I mean I, I've been cheering for groups to put that on records for years because I am a fanboy. Um, yeah. So I, I,
0: it's what I want to hear. And, and I think that plays to the real strengths of the record is that when stuff uh, is is not baggaged by history, is not baggaged by press, is not baggaged by all that stuff, uh, It, they can take what people see as creative chances, but what I see is just like doing the damn thing, right? We know what a good song sounds like. Yeah, I mean, we know what we, we uh, individually we know what we like in a jam, for sure. And a lot of times musicians will see that coming in their songwriting, and they're like, "No, no, I got to avoid that." And it's like n- at no point on this album does he avoid anything that's just good. <laughs> he sees it coming. and It's like that sounds like that. Fine, let's do it. Let's knock it out of the park. Yeah. And embracing and ex-
1: the good, it's not a it's not a terrible right. tactic. You know, maybe right. maybe don't do it on every record, but. Um, I'm into it. I
0: Well, and it's quick. It's thirty eight minutes. Um, you know, they could put out like ten more of these and it'd just be like, okay. There's it, the, the band itself is so weightless right now because it's so anonymous that it's just like, Okay, man, let's see. Do do you I guess you're just forced co- to confront your tastes when it comes to this. You know, you can analyze stuff like people I mean, you're you you're a big fish head uh <laughs> and people analyze that uh to death uh I analyze certain bands to death and stuff, and you can do that and when when you start doing that, you often lose sight of of just enjoying the music and this like y you, you have no choice from rip city to- ro- wide roll to then me and willie that's a that's a fucking like fifteen eighteen minutes of just like joy yeah
1: it I'd like to take a second to point out the heavy duty Portland love on this record, mm-hmm. Rose City. Rip City These are nicknames I've seen applied To that town uh, Ripley I believe Makes his home there I'm not yeah. uh, So uh, He's definitely Giving it up For his town And and that's kind of cool And so all you Portland people out there Should probably check This record out too
0: Maybe they know Who it is
1: Yeah maybe I have a friend <laughs> out In
0: Portland um, You know it, it, and I mentioned the the Similarity to the Skiffle players Which is Cass McCombs And um, Neil Casall. Uh, and that is I don't know if that's coming back around again I hope it is because those two records I don't know if you've heard them but they're they're astounding yeah they're astounding and they're uh, to my mind they're the best of uh, both of their works currently uh, both Cass and Neil and Uh, And they're doing it, again, by just like embracing what's good. They have this style of music. They know it's good. They're working within the framework. They don't have to break anything. They don't have to prove anything. They just go out and have fun. And you hear it in the records. And you hear it when you – like we've talked to Neil about that. And you hear it when you talk to him about it. And it gets this stuff back into the the ears of people who are now starting to get, um, thanks to the huge marketing push uh, of jam bands in general but the Grateful Dead, Specifically, uh, get into this mindset that maybe all this music is okay. It doesn't have to be uh, angular, and it, honestly, it doesn't have to be challenging.
1: Yeah, I think you can. Bands nowadays are beginning to feel more comfortable just playing what they what feels right and mm-hmm. going with it and stretching it out and letting a jam happen if a jam seems right in the song, or Alternatively, just keeping it short if that's what the song calls for. Um, I think a group that is comfortable moving in both ways uh, it should do well in today's today's scene. This yeah. record clearly uh, hits on those. Some of these songs
0: are three minutes, and they feel just right. Yeah, they're they're, they're li- little like pop shuffles. I want to talk about Rivers of Mine right now. Please. This is not three minutes, uh, but this is to my mind one of the, this is where I. Zone in on the skiffle players thing and uh, almost it takes it back to like the early days of the Grateful Dead, like blues bands. Uh, but those blues bands being based on like sort of like shuffle bands. But this is, uh, it's just a cool little track. Just a groovy little, like, lazy river to nowhere. And it's just fine.
1: Yeah, I could float that. That um, that opens with the shuffle that I think of when I see the name Me and Willie, <laughs> which like, is yeah. kind of weird.
0: But. Yeah, it's – it's um, I I could name or uh, – I can't remember the name, but I could find two songs of those Skiffle Player albums that sound exactly like that. There's a quote um, from somebody in a review that says, you'll hear the vo- the vocals on this album – And some of you will crack a knowing smile, and I I don't know what that means. So this is obviously going to be a thing that just drives me crazy. Who the fuck this band is? But um, uh, you know, again, it doesn't matter. There's been a lot of talk about how uh, indie has been affected by jam bands or jam bands or indie, and fans of both are loving each other. Look, that's you should like all kinds of music, but like I think a thing like Wooden Ships. That's what I think about because I think. That they took like views from bands like Sonic Youth, uh, from bands that are just more straightforward guitar work, and then said, Hey, uh, but remember when Neil Young used to like get crazy as shit? Like, we can do that too.
1: Yeah, they probably saw that uh, Neil Young Sonic Youth tour in the early yeah. 90s and said, This is, let's make this but one set. And uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, to, and to that end, you know, we are seeing a lot of like cross pollination here. And and I wonder uh, how that's going to affect like our acceptance of or the audience's acceptance of this kind of music going forward. You know, uh, like Fish is continually having their moment. <laughs> <I don't> even <laughs> understand it, um, and and they really uh, you know are, are have just been doing the same thing over and over. And 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 they've certainly earned their moment. Um, but you can't draw a line from Fish to really any other band Because they're, they have a very distinct sound um, But you also similarly, I don't think, can draw this line from uh, You know, like the National Saying they love the Grateful Dead But don't sound anything like the Grateful Dead um, So it's a question of, like, the spirit That is inhabiting, like, these bands And what they're thinking of when they're making it It doesn't necessarily come out in the sound And, like, I wonder if that... Um, for lack of a better term, marketing uh, is is what is driving people to sort of look into this more. I mean, King Gizzard, man.
1: Well, you know, right. King Gizzard is a is an interesting band, and it turns out Trey Anastasio is a big fan of them. So, it, yeah, it kind of loops back on itself. Uh, I think we have a moment where not only is there's there's a marketing push to sh- to get the minds of and the love of jam band fans because they are a committed type of music listener so uh, (laughs) who go to shows and do the things that make bands profitable as opposed to just listening on um, streaming networks Uh, so I think that there's a certain economic reason behind it but there's a reality is that these guys and I'm being very general uh, you know artists of today have a high higher chance of actually having listened to Grateful Dead or Fish or one of these yeah. other other groups that fall into these these realms or they just listen to other psychedelic music and it just sounds a little like Grateful Dead and Fish I mean I do a lot of I talk to a lot of different artists on the Down podcast about mm-hmm. this very thing um most of the people who come on have some personal connection to Grateful Dead music either you know they they saw it when the, you know they were younger, if they're old enough, or right. their brother took you know gave them tapes, or one of those things, I talked to uh, Seth Alinsky, um, who uh, was an Akron family and um about his one of his new records, and we started going back through his influences and while he's got a ton of free jazz influences, he went to Berkeley, uh, he also collected dead tapes and went to fish shows and he doesn't sound anything like. Grateful Dead or Fish, except for, you know, they played I Know You Rider in some Akron Family shows, but yeah, you know, but it's it's in who they are. Some of these folks,
0: yeah, I, I think it's. I've always equated it to like sports fans, like jam band fans. Hard, real jam band fans are are, um, and now real indie rock fans are very like obsessive about it. Um, there's a there's a bad side of that where uh, it it minimizes exposure to other kinds of music. Uh, and also, like my thing is the best, you know, type of thing. Yeah, the the blind spot problem. Yeah, the blind spot problem. And uh, but the good side of it is is like you said, they generally support the scene. Like uh, jam band fans will go the fuck out for shit. Just <laughs> all like they. It, it's not even the question. It's like if they're. Uh, a band like three tiers under fish. If they come anywhere within like a 200 mile radius of somewhere, they're going to get kids traveling to their show.
1: It's true. And And then jam band fans who become fans of indie music. Like I, I toured following Akron family. I've traveled to see them, you know, and uh, people, not that they weren't worthy of it, but other people weren't doing that.
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it, it, it just, it's, there's something about it. Um, that belies a commitment to supporting music and enjoy and enjoying music uh and um you know there was a whole big thing made out about uh how vampire weekend like sounds like the grateful dead now they do not it is not a jam band record but uh it was some interesting marketing on that and this is this is sort of one of the things that as I've got a foot in both worlds. I, I I sort of have a little disdain for my hippie past, but, (laughs) uh, but not, but not too much. Um, I, I'm, uh, practical and realistic about some of the stuff and also about the stuff I like, you know, for example, I, I I could say to you, like, I don't like fish in the modern age at all, but I love, like, if you sit me down in front of a hairy hood, that that's, I'm there. Like I'm, I'm a hundred percent here for that. Um, And, you know, by marketing this stuff like that, Grateful Dead being the tuck point, it it I just don't want to see bands like this just get like a pop, which some people say, yeah, they get like some attention and then just like forgotten about because it turns out that it is just now that word is the Grateful Dead or jam bands is a fad instead of a, a real like movement, just like DIY, just like punk indie rock anything right well i think
1: there is some degree of a movement to play psychedelic mm. music in the indie scene uh, but i'm not sure that vampire weekend is really gonna be on the vanguard of that um <laughs> but right now they are so
0: that that's the problem on, pa- on paper on paper uh, yes <laughs> but
1: it, but it won't last uh or it will or they will push further out they're they're gonna have proof. one thing jam band fans tend to do is they uh they need their band to prove themselves. So, you, we yeah. talked about the sports thing and uh, and fish fans. You know, fish fans are they they eat their young, man. If, <laughs> it, if the, they're like Philly sports fans, they're just yep. short of throwing batteries on the stage if you botch Harry Hood up there at a fish show. So I saw
0: somebody say like like all fish fans of a certain like virgin were canceled. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Uh I I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, that yeah, guy's yeah.
1: he's that's comedy. Don't worry about him. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh that's good comedy in fact usually. Uh so um yeah, I I think that yeah, I I think that the the chaff will be cast aside. So if if people come into a vampire weekend show and mm-hmm. they find that this band doesn't do the thing that drew me in, which is supposed to be either sounding like band a or jamming like band c they won't come back and you know there it is Uh, but if they did they would they could build up a really loyal following i'm sure they're gambling on the fact that you know somebody will spin them who might not have and find they like it even if it doesn't actually sound like grateful
0: dead or whatever uh and, and that's fair too i guess I think people are getting hungrier and hungrier for this stuff. You know, if you look at, uh, I'm reading the Michael Pollan book right now. Uh, you look at Denver, just like uh, legalized, uh, like was it research for they, mushrooms or they, medicinal?
1: They decriminalized all mushroom use, psychedelic mushroom use. Yeah, yeah, and possession so, and whatever.
0: So you know, pick your reason why people are 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 skewing this way now but but i think that people are are definitely becoming more interested in in uh escape and there's gonna have to be a soundtrack for this and i think this is a good candidate for like first out the gate like yeah like, oh. let's, like let's, i said like, this is my jam of the get, summer right right you'll put it on like whenever I mean, it's like because you don't really have to think about this too hard if at all no and a lot of times, that's you relegate something to background music, but it's not that. So you can check in, and all of a sudden you're you're into something interesting, and it's like you don't quite know where you are with it, but it's like that's cool. Yeah. So, so what do you want to see from these guys, or God, guy or maybe, dude? What if it's an algorithm? <laughs> Amazing. Uh, what, so what
1: do you want to see from these guys going forward? If this band was from Seattle, I would agree that it probably was created in the uh, Amazon bunkers, but uh, uh I. I think I'd just like to maybe another record in a, next yeah. year. You know, no rush. Uh, I would just like to hear more. I'd like to hear more. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I I would like to hear more. I'd like to see. I'd like to see a showcase of this, even if it's. You remember, and maybe he still does these, but Bob Weir used to do all those like those like Friday nights from the studio. Oh yeah, and have, and have all those guys over, and that's actually where Skiffle players came to came to the light. That's how the uh, Day of the Dead project came about um Aaron Dessner was up in there. I'd like to see something like that. I'd watch it. And even if you like even if they wear masks. <laughs> like make it make it fucking weird, but it's like they're on to something here. Just uh, um, light the band from the neck
1: down so we could see their guitars. And um <laughs> and we don't have to we don't have to see that you know oh there's a beard on that one. You know, that's fine. Uh as yeah. I would like to hear this played live um but if it if it never happens if there's never anything else from the rose city band at least we've got this one really good record
0: it's, it's a great record it's a great start for them i hope to hear more from them uh thanks for hanging out jonathan and uh, we will hopefully hang out uh at least on the internet sooner rather than later and then uh, we'll be back in a few minutes to finish this up yeah thanks for having me Thanks to Jonathan for hanging out And uh, to Rose City Band Whoever you are we salute you. Thanks for putting this out It's made the uh, afternoons a little pleasant It's good writing music You need to sit down right, write, you need to zone out Put this on But I would imagine it's also good Beer by the pool Grilling music, sitting by a fire That is it for this episode of Discologist. If you like what you heard, tell your friends Subscribe to us on iTunes, follow us on all the socials. We're actually, on the socials, we're at Chunky Glasses. So we are a Chunky Glasses production along with our sister podcast, Dead to Me. And, uh, and that's a whole thing based in Washington, D.C. That uh, We cover live music. We do album reviews, track reviews, and this podcast. Um, so you can find us there on Instagram at Chunky Glasses. Twitter at Chunky Glasses. Facebook just backslash Chunky Glasses. We are out there. As they say. Coming up in the next few weeks, we got Fruit Bats, we got Brad Meldow. Uh, we got a few surprises. It's going to be uh, fun as we sort of leak into summer, guys. So get out there and listen to some good music. We'll talk to you in a few.